Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshop.net. Special episode, a principal's experience of a COVID case and what that means for us. Hello, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. This is Simon Lewis with um, another special episode. I will get back to normal, I promise, with normal episodes of If I Were the Minister for Education. Look, I've been running Unshot.net for, I'd say, over 15 years. And every so often I put up a post um, that, that kind of captures the attention of probably more people than usual. Uh, For example, uh, the first time I compared the number of points needed in the Leaving Cert to become a teacher if you were a Protestant as opposed to any other religion. Um, Another example is when Tusla completely dismantles the school completion program a couple of years ago. Um, And if we go back even further, um, any advice uh, I would have given on interactive whiteboards back, I'd say nearly uh, 15 years ago, also would have uh, got a huge amount of traction. However, the most popular post I've ever published was this week, and I didn't even write it, which is kind of bad for my ego. But but nevertheless, it's, it's possibly one of the most important things that people actually need to know about in COVID-19 times, basically. I mean, I, 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 and I, I'm, I'm, it's not someone, I'm not someone who exaggerates. I, I, what I received and what I put up is possibly the most important thing you'll hear and uh, it's why I decided to record uh, this particular podcast instead of going back to normal. Uh, the post was from another principal um, who had a positive COVID-19 case in his school and basically his experience of how it was dealt with. Um, so in this episode, I'm going to be reading his experience um, and adding my own thoughts at the end. Um, I'm also going to take a, a little bit of time um, to talk about the Department of Education Uh, and what they've been up to in the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, One, requiring principals to be on call 24 hours a day and how inspectors have again forgotten the note that they uh, were to receive or that they received that they're supposed to be there to support schools. Before I begin, um, I'd, I'd probably describe myself as a fairly cynical person. And whenever I read an article and the source of the article isn't named, so you get something like a reliable source. I generally believe that the story is made up. I don't think I'd be unique in that. Um, but if you were like me, I know already that you're probably going to be fairly skeptical about what I'm about to tell you um, about this experience that was sent to me. But And all I can really do is promise you that I've really not made this up. Um, I'm not very good at making things up, number one. Um, And I don't think it would be a very clever thing for me to make up um, if it wasn't uh, true, because that's a very dangerous thing to do in particular. Um, I've also spoken to this particular principal a couple of times uh, since he uh, got in contact with me uh, less than a week ago. Um, This is in September. It would have been the 19th of September um, when he got in touch with me. And I can only explain to you why the principal didn't want to be public um, and why he, I have to call him a reliable source. Um, now, I hope you won't mind um, if he is listening to this, 
But he described himself to me as someone who would read posts on the principal forums out there, whether it's the IPPN or where anywhere else, complaining of this and that and the other and all that sort of stuff, and probably scroll on by without replying. He said he's a quiet principal that minds his own business, and he didn't really want his school to be all over the media. Um, however, in this case, this was a problem that he couldn't scroll by. And he knew that this was a problem other schools might find themselves in, and he knew that it needed to be shared. So he did, um, and he did what most principals do. He sent it to the IPPN's networking forum. Now, for those of you who don't know what the IPPN's networking forum is, uh, it's probably because you're not a principal, uh, but if, uh, if you, and if you aren't, basically it's a private mailing list for IPPN members where we share advice on school leadership related matters. Um, it's part of our service as being a member of the IPPN. So I just, why did he end up sending it to me and to other agencies as well? Well, the reason for it was the IPPN didn't publish it on the networking list. Now the networking list is um, is heavily moderated. Uh, I, I would say it's probably the best way to describe it. Um, and the moderator of the IPPN list claimed that the post that he wrote broke IPPN mailing list protocols and therefore they couldn't publish it. Now as someone um, that regularly has posts not accepted onto the forum, um, I, I wonder why. I, I'm not surprised it wasn't posted. It does break some of the rules that I've been told uh, I've broken uh, for example it's very long um, and uh, it, they can only be a certain length it also calls on the leadership of the IPPN to act now that might sound like a strange rule um, to not to have you you're not allowed to do that in a post um, it's not that you're not allowed to do it it's just if you are doing it you are supposed to email a different address um, and, uh, and, and, and that's the reason and they're, they're basically the reasons he was given now I'm not saying they're bad reasons, um, and even if I did think they were bad reasons, they're not. It's not my business. They're the rules, and if one doesn't like the rules, then there are options. Um, you can challenge them, like I sometimes do, or you can suck them up, like I also sometimes do when it's not just worth my while. Um, or in this principal's case, um, he decided, do you know what, I'm going to try my luck elsewhere, in the hope that if it were published somewhere else, it might help other schools. Okay, so look, I won't waste any more time and I'm just going to let you read you his story. And in many ways, there's not a lot of reason for me to interject while I'm reading it. Um, I'll interject where I, where I think it's useful. Um, but if you want to read his post uninterrupted, you can come to uh, Onshaw.net's Facebook page, which you can find at the following address, facebook.com slash Onshaw.net. And at this time of the recording, it's been read over 150,000 times and shared almost a thousand times. As I've said, it's the most popular thing I've ever posted on Shaw.net and I didn't even write it. Anyway, enough about my ego. This um, post is called My Experience of Having Our First Positive COVID Case. Dear colleagues, see, I wouldn't ever start like this, uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm already interrupting, how terrible. Dear colleagues, I have decided to write this message to you, although the sun is shining and perhaps wiser for me personally to take a walk instead. However, I thought it essential that I share my experience this week. On Tuesday, a parent contacted his, the office to inform us that their child had a positive COVID test. One of our secretaries thanked her for informing us, but assured the parent it would be in fact the HSE who would be in touch with them and indeed any close contacts, etc, etc. 
I decided to call the IPPN office and was advised to contact the regional HSE helpline so as to alert them to the case and hopefully it would move it would it would get moved along quicker. I also asked if the IPPN had received feedback from other schools and I was reassured by the person's positive response to my question despite contrary views contrary views expressed on the network by some principals. So I started the process with hope and relative calmness. I rang the HSC help desk and was told that someone would ring me back. Later at home, I got a call from a doctor from the helpline who quickly deemed that only the pod should be sent home and that the other pods and the class teacher were casual rather than close contacts. No questions were asked about the size of the classroom, the closeness of the pods from one another. It was just to confirm that there was a bubble and pod system in place. I have since this evening received an apology from the HSE Regional Care uh, Centre stating that today their team has now created questions to ask principals in order to further contextualise each case presenting. Now I'm going to stop there because that, that sentence really worried me when I read it. Only for this principal pointing this out are the HSE creating questions for each case presenting. That's, that's very worrying. Anyway, back to the text. I was asked to send in the names of the close contacts, other pod members, on an incredibly cumbersome Excel spreadsheet they sent me. That doesn't bode well, does it? Oh. Uh, where have I heard incredibly cumbersome Excel spreadsheets before? I think, gosh, didn't I mention the school completion program? Uh, I'm too slow at the start of this podcast. How apt. Anyway, I asked when would these parents be contacted and could they guarantee that they would be there, they would be before the next school day. They informed me by phone and later by email that it could take up to 24 hours to make initial contact. That's after the children were coming to schools. Oh my gosh. After further contact, where they said it may actually be, may well be 48 hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was left with no option but to call the parents affected myself. Now I've read this several times and as I'm reading it again, it just gets more shocking. Um, anyway, sorry, I was left with no option but to call the parents affected myself so the principal uh, contacted themselves or otherwise they'd return to school the next day. In fact, it took over 48 hours for the HSE to make initial contact after a further three phone calls from me asking why it was taking so long. Each time, a nice person on the end of the line with an apology and saying they needed more resources. Oh my gosh. So uh, we move on. Um, I would so th he thanks uh, people now. I would like to thank Porik from IPPN. Uh, Porik Clerken is the CEO of the IPPN, and John Boyle from the INTO. John Boyle is the general uh, general secretary of the uh, INTO for both returning my call most promptly and listening to my story. However, I have so many concerns and questions that remain unanswered. The following being the most important. So now um, this principal lists questions, and they're really really valid. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll throw my thoughts where, where, I, where I think there are, but sometimes there's, there is no answer. One, where is a fast track testing service for staff and children we were promised before we returned to school? Well, what's to say? Why does the HSA return to work form spe specify clearly what a close contact is, i.e. within two metres for more than 15 minutes on one given day, but the Department of Education return to work form leaves this out? That's a really good question. I actually didn't notice that. And um, it's a really good question. Um, 
I wonder why that's a really good question I don't know if we have the answer to that question and I don't think um, any of our representative bodies have asked that question anyway how on the one hand are we told by the HSE to not get involved with contact and close contacts and by another arm of the HSE specifically asking us to do so how can a class teacher be deemed a casual contact and indeed the other pods in the room without a thorough and comprehensive risk assessment by a health expert I mean I think that's the thing that got me uh, and when, and here then we uh, <laughs> then we move on uh, and this is probably why it didn't go on the on the um, uh, networking uh, when will the IPPN and the INTO say publicly enough is enough and that was in capital letters and prioritize our safety if the HSE can't keep us safe why are we open it seems that it's much easier to be deemed a close contact outside of a school context than within the HSE website proves this point perfectly in their section on contacts how can the bodies we pay to represent us allow this to continue it's a very fair question and um I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to the response. I mean, it's n now by the time you hear this podcast, there could have been a response. I'm recording this on the Tuesday after I got the email. So that's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So three days after uh, this doesn't go out till Fridays uh, at 5.59. That's my uh, uh, my time to um, put these uh, podcasts out. So there may be a response um, from the INTO or IPPN by then. But as I am recording now, three days later, I have not um, seen a response from either agency. Uh, the final question he has there is, do we have to wait for a pupil or staff member or close relative to die before those in power admit that schools are indeed being treated entirely differently from other sectors? And you know what? That is, uh, that is the stark question we have to ask. You know, is someone going to have to die um, for something to happen? And unfortunately, in Ireland, um, this is what happens. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's this is the thing. We we have been put in a situation which we knew and know isn't safe. We relied on our representative bodies to stand up and say, "Look, this isn't safe." They didn't. They were off celebrating uh, the fact that they were so brilliant at getting at getting the schools to reopen, and it turns out the HSE haven't got their haven't got their things together to even ask the proper questions it's it's very worrying I'll carry on reading because uh, I suppose it gets passionate after this this is my first ever email of this type so it's the first time he's ever written to the networking it's just not me normally I also contacted TDs for the first time in my life too to express my complete disbelief in this week's events I'm asking you to not do what I have done so often on this network to read and move on to the next fire to be put out and then he puts a plea in capital letters if you agree with this email please press reply and insert a word or two so other principals and school communities won't have to go through this and IPPN head office will clearly hear this is the most serious of issues um, I implore the IPPN to not get sidetracked by and, and he, he listed by, I'll, I'll explain this in a minute by visiting inspectors dressed up as HSA inspectors and speak out and act about this matter without a comprehensive test and tracing system we are in serious trouble now what he's referring to there is um, and I'll, I'll talk about this later is the IPPN made a statement um, during the week um, admonishing the fact that inspectors um, had uh, uh, there was a leaked basically uh, uh, PowerPoint that went out uh, which said that inspectors are going to come and inspect schools for COVID-19 compliance and my gosh did they respond but uh, I suppose what this principle is saying is you know look in the general context 
that's okay yeah that might be bad but hold on a second this is very serious someone could die because of this um he goes on i fully understand the hsc and des have created many of these issues but the bodies that represented us have allowed it to unfold as it is the ippn and INTO that sit at the table with the department of education and hsc and not the individual principal teacher sna secretary or pupil <sighs> can't argue with that can you our politicians and others want schools back at all costs my worry after these few days is at what cost and then he says finally one positive because it's you know it, it must be very hard to write an email like that if you're not that way inclined i'm good at moaning and whinging and giving out but i, I don't think that's you know most 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 teachers is despite a reputation of, as whingers we're not very good at we're not we're not really that good at whinging um despite what people might think uh, but anyway finally uh, one positive from the week um the par parents i dealt with and my school colleagues are all exceptional in their understanding and support and you know what he's absolutely right this is yeah this has been a really really difficult time for school principals all right i mean it's been, I'll, I'll go on i'm going to talk more about that in a, in a, in a minute or two uh, or a few minutes really and um, but i mean really we i have to say even uh, i mean talking from my own context uh, as a school uh, school leader parents and school colleagues have been amazing i mean they really really have and i i mean I, this this is a not a, a podcast where i bring my my own job into into as uh, in so far as possible but i i do want to say it um because it's true and um you know and and i, I don't know if we say it enough um uh, to each other but uh you know people are being amazing through this people have been children have been so brave they've been great parents have been you know brave too in their way letting their children go into a very uncertain situation school colleagues our school colleagues our staff they've been very brave you know trusting that you know this this is something that we have to do even though we know it probably well, we, we definitely know it isn't what it should be but we've all done it and and, and not only have we done it and we, we haven't done it reluctantly we've done it um and and we've done it with um with a smile behind our masked faces um and it's been a it's been a uh, it's a privilege to kind of see that as uh, sort of um behavior as 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 maybe as stupid as it might be we may be idiots to do it um but we have to be idiots while our representative bodies aren't representing us and um anyway so that is his email um and it's a passionate plea from a principal to the HSC, but also to our representative bodies. And I don't really know what I could add to it. I know I interjected a little bit. This principal's basically laid out his experience, his true experience. And the only thing I can say is that I'm really surprised about the silence, even three days later from the various representative bodies. It's something I just can't understand. And while I know, and I, I'd be more forgiving of the IPPN, um, and, and maybe, maybe um, I'm wrong, but but because I, I don't think they have a role um in solving this as i said in a previous episode the ippn aren't a representative body really they're a support group and they've managed to get themselves known as a representative body um and whether they've whether they deny it or not or anything else they aren't i mean you know, they're, they're they're a support group and they do that well they they are supporting principles um through this as best they can but they have no role in solving it the into do and all I am seeing from the INTO and is garbage 
um, garbage posts on Twitter, which are just totally out of touch and not tackling what's going on. And while it's lovely to hear about resources about Tom Green three times a week, this isn't the time for them. You know, as, as people keep tweeting back to this silly, um, oh God, I wish I, I ran the um, social media for the INTO or at least had control of it. I just press the stop button on their auto um, scheduling um, thing they have. Uh, but anyway, just read the room. Would you read the room? Don't be showing us resources about Tom Crean or the uh, crossword competitions or wash your hands guys kind of thing. Lately, I mean, this week, they're, they're, I mean, I mean, I know, I mean, the, whatever their social media team are at the minute, they're, they're, what they're doing now is they're tackling the budget, and and they're more obsessed with making these clever captions, um, to, you know, for their annual fake campaign to reduce class sizes. It is every year. Oh, we want to reduce class sizes, uh, and this year they have a clever caption. I mean, they're now saying it's impossible to keep schools safe with the largest class sizes in the EU. But a few weeks ago, they were delighted with themselves for the role in getting schools safe for reopening. I, I actually, th- I, I think they think we're stupid. In fact, I know they think we're stupid. Um, I mean, every time I contact someone in the INTO, I feel like they think I'm stupid. Um, I've like only recently, I, I, I mean, I talked about the twenty, um, the, the the email that came through just briefly, uh, being asked tw- to be working twenty four seven, and I contacted one of the senior representatives. I won't name the person because that's obviously, um you know i'm not as 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 mean as he is um but the condescending tone from him i I actually sent an email with a absolutely normal query and i don't know what he has against me and well i do know what he has against me really because i ask questions maybe and and they don't like the question like when they're when they get pointed out that they that uh, the, the stuff they've done over the last while and it's it it's not a union it's it's a theocracy a theocracy is that the how to pronounce it at best and i think this um this covid19 is really showing them up um and uh, certainly they do some some aspects of the iron are fantastic but the leadership's a mess an absolute mess anyway because of this uh stuff i mean and because of it really do you know i suppose what i'm what am i trying to say so i'm a bit i'm a bit cross um i i just think why why would agencies out there take schools seriously why would the hse take us seriously why would they put in robust guidelines like they would have done for hairdressers and what they will do for pubs and what they have done for you know anywhere else but a school it's almost like they didn't take schools seriously but why would they i mean why would the department of education take schools seriously we just they just don't take us seriously we just seem very happy to suck up anything and you know which basically, I suppose, is a decent segue right now, as, I, as, I, as I'm saying it, to two other issues that principals faced in the last little while. Now, they may not be as shocking to the general public, um, do you know, um, because ne- you know neither of these things are a threat to anyone's lives, um, maybe except for the principal of the school. But if you are a principal of a school, these two things, to me, demonstrated how little the Department of Education care about you and how little the union care about you as a principal the first came in a the first um one of these came in a short anonymous email from the department of uh, department of education email address stating that principals are now required required was the word to send their mobile phone number to them so they so they can basically contact the principal at any time at all if there's a positive COVID 19 case in the school now while that might not sound like a big deal um to many of you 
or even a big ask, just have a think what's being asked here. A principal, one person, is being asked to be on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, with no break. Now, there was no big outrage about this um, immediately from anyone, but it did make the news the next morning. Um, in fact, the uh, head of the NAPD um, was on News Talk, um, and he was on defending principals who, who, like me, felt aggrieved that yet another job was being landed on them uh, during this COVID-19. And I mean, it's job after job after job. This didn't start at COVID-19. Um, if there's ever a job to be done, uh, I mean, look at you know ins inspectors when they didn't want to do the inspection of NQTs. Their, their, their intention was throw it on the principals to do it. You know, um, when, two, when the EWOs weren't able to take on the cases, what did they do? Throw it on to the uh, principals. When uh, NEPs weren't able to do all the psychological reports, what did they do? Throw it back to the school to do a lot, a, a lot of the work that they would have done in the first place. So, I mean, wherever there's a job to be given, it's just thrown um, on, on, on a school to deal with. And in this case, 24-7 access to the principal. And now, the thing is, I still sound like I might be whinging, and the presenter was not having none of it either. Um, and he was basically asking, well, who else is going to do this other than the principal? I mean, I get that your principal has been working hard, and we, we appreciate that, but wouldn't a principal want to know if there was a COVID-19 uh, case in their school immediately? Like, well, wouldn't they want to know? I mean, isn't the principal basically the CEO of the school? And, and, and that was the line of questioning, and it wasn't an unreasonable question in itself. But to me, it kind of summed up the big issue for me. You know, a school is, if you compare a school to a company, which it kind of is, uh, although we don't make money, we, 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 but in all other aspects, we are basically like a company, a, a small to medium enterprise, I'd say, in most cases. And, mo and most companies have a CEO, all right, which is the principal. They also have a day-to-day -day manager. Who who's a day-to-day -day manager in a school? Oh, it's the principal. They also have a separate person in which the company's secretary. Oh, who does that? Well. I'm on the board of management, I'm the company, I'm the secretary of that. They have a HR department, who's the HR department in the school? Principal. The IT section, well, usually that's a it could be a post holder, but in some cases the principal, in, you know. They have a marketing section, the, uh, companies, oh, who does all the re uh, the recruitment, who does all the uh, um, enrollments, of the principal. There's administrators in the school, who does the administrate, and so on. Um, principals, in primary schools at least, take on all of these above roles, as I've said. Many take on more roles. Some take on financial officer roles. I, I don't know. I don't do that in my school, but in some small schools where you can't get a treasurer and no one's counting the money, it falls on the principal to do it. And most of all, no, and this for me, I suppose, sums it up, is over half of them work full-time as an employee or a teacher in the school. So the principal of any school is taking on a dozen roles a dozen, uh, uh, you know, of another company. And now we're being asked, on top of all that, to be an emergency hotline for the HSE. And it just feels like a step too far. We've been, wor I mean, we have been working non-stop since March, particularly in J July and August. And I don't know how much more, you know, how much extra workload we can take. Uh, um, I mean, I, 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 I can already feel this uh, podcast. Uh, you can probably sense how tired I am, I suppose. Uh, and and do, to be honest, I honestly don't mind helping out at this time, but I do think I am entitled to be off for at least a small part of my day. And when I say off, I actually mean completely off, not available away from the office. I know that sound, I know it might sound trite, but, but what if I'm out for a meal with my wife 
maybe having a few glasses of wine, got the babysitter at home in situ, and just before dessert comes along, the phone rings. Now, apart from probably not being in the capacity to manage the situation halfway down a bottle of wine, <laughs> there must be a better way for this to happen. I, I'm absolutely wrecked, and my family have been unbelievable throughout this whole COVID-19 thing, giving me whatever time I've needed to get our school open. And, and I, th I really thought our union would say something about being expected to work 24-7. But after contacting another senior official in the union, I was told the INTO aren't going to be making a comment on it. And had in fact suggested that having the principal's number was in fact the best solution to this problem. I, I, I honestly can't understand it. And if things couldn't get any worse for principals, a document a couple of days later was leaked online of a PowerPoint presentation from, an ins from the inspectorate who were giving a, a briefing day. Um, I don't know who it was to, to be honest with you. Um, and, and there was, a, I suppose, there was suspicion that it wasn't, that it wasn't real for, for, for a while um, until the Irish Times broke the story the next day and it was confirmed. Um, but basically how they're going to be inspecting schools for compliance uh, in COVID-19 safety measures. Now again, to the layman, what's wrong with that? I mean, why would schools be exempt from being inspected for COVID-19 compliance? I mean, as Shane Coleman uh, on News Talk the next day asked Damien White, uh, the president of the IPPN on News Talk, isn't that like restaurants refusing to be inspected for health and safety? You know, we might not like it, but we do need to be inspected. I mean, surely. Now, Damien, I believe, hand I, I think, handled himself very well, to be fair, and managed, to, and managed the punches being thrown at him. But he was very polite, and much, much more polite than I, I am. The point for me is that the inspectors are supposed to have been supporting schools over the last, over during the COVID-19 thing. And that's their role to support, I mean, I think they keep forgetting that's their role to support schools. But they were nowhere to be seen in July and August to help us create response plans and risk assessments and everything else we had to do. Where were they? Where were they when I was painting lines around my school, painting lines in my school, going through reams and reams and reams of, of paper um, and, and having no guidance whatsoever? Where were they? Apart from one phone call in March, which is basically a fact-finding mission for, for sound bites that the Department of Education could put into a book of guidelines, which they duly did, they provided zero support to schools. In fact, it wouldn't be, it would be extremely hard to figure out what they've actually been doing for the last six months and why they haven't been put back into classrooms uh, to help out with the crisis that we're going to have of not having teachers teaching classes when we all start getting sick and won't be able to be in our classrooms. We've been given a set of dreadful plans that do not keep everyone safe. It's impossible to keep everyone safe in our large class sizes, our small rooms, and no extra staffing until we manage to do it. Not one child was turned away from our schools. And what will the inspector do? He'll probably pop in and start saying things like, you might consider measuring the distance between those pods, do you think? Or sucking in the air like, I see there's a storage cupboard there. Uh, you wouldn't consider knocking that through to make a bit more space, you know? And you know what? It won't matter what they say. I've heard, you know, look, I've heard they're kind of backtracking a bit now because in Ireland, no one ever admits they make a bold of anything. Um, so I'm not sure if it's going to even happen. Um, I'm not sure if it had anything to do with the IPVN's response to it, which kind of made me laugh a little bit. It, it could, to be honest, it was the first time in a very, very long time they went on this solo run away from their friends in the INTO. 
uh, and had a big nice rant there um, and it was a really good rant really was <laughs> you can throw anything uh, it seemed to me though, like if that, that you know ultimately it sounded to me like you can throw anything you like at principles but if there's a sniff of a threat of a visit by a kigara that sets them off no end anyway the INCO followed suit um, the next day with their own weak mealy mouth response before they went back advertising their crossword or something on Twitter and look, I know I've joked about the term flat out busy in my previous episodes to describe people who are basically um, scurrying around, scurrying and making up meetings about meetings and actually not doing very much. But really flat out busy, as much as an Irish term it amuses me, it's, 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 you know, I think of all people who could genuinely call themselves flat out busy uh, and not in my definition of it, actual definition of it, it would be principles. It's not even the end of the first month of school and we are fit to drop. We're absolutely fit to drop. And I imagine as soon as we do stop, if we can, and if the schools are open um, by midterm break, we're, we're actually, I'd say that Friday evening, we're all going to end up being sick for the week. It's been so long since switching off was, was even an option. Look, I know most teachers and staff know this already, um, but if you could do one thing, especially this week after all this, maybe you might go to your principal and just see if they're okay. It can be a really lonely job and, and I, I hope this episode gives a little flavour of life in their office and a kind word might just be a gesture that would make the world of difference. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Um, uh, I, I, as I said, I hope to go back to normal. I say this every week in the in the house, but then something happens uh, to not let me go back to normal. But if you have only tuned in and uh, would like to hear more of, if I were the Minister for Education, uh, either these special episodes around COVID nineteen or any of my other episodes where I take um, I take a, a topic and try and uh, decide what I would do if I were the Minister of Education. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify and any of your other podcasting apps by searching for either onshaw.net or if I were the Minister for Education or even Onshaw's podcast. Um, if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll have the lovely bonus of being told, uh, reminded um, of uh, the podcast being ready for you. You'll also get it a little bit earlier than everybody else because uh, I am releasing it at Fridays at 5.59. But if you subscribe, uh, you'll get it at a reasonable hour of the day. Uh, please also feel free to review the podcast so others can find it more easily. Listen, thank you so much uh, for listening to this Um and um, I again, as I said last week, I hope we get back to normal next week. Uh, thank you again to that principal who shared his story uh, with me. Um, it's really taken a life of its own on um, on social media, even if it hasn't reached the uh, full media as yet. Um, we're only a few steps away, I suppose, from this becoming the norm. Um, and hopefully the HSE will get their act together. Hopefully the INTO will get their act together and work together to uh, give schools um, as best a chance of staying open as they keep saying we need to do. Thanks a million. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>